Hey guys. So now that I've got two soap operas under my belt, finished two of the first seasons of two wildly successful television programs, I had to look back at the list I made when I decided to start this podcast. I made a list of things that made a daytime soap opera extra juicy, extra bubbly, extra sudsy, and I kind of made a few predictions as to, to how that would translate to, day, to nighttime, prime time. There's a lot I got right, but there's so much more that I got wrong. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. What I got wrong about 80s soap operas. I'm your host, Jet, and this is Soap Lore. Okay, so the first thing I got wrong was the money. Now, money always on, I don't care what pro, what show you watch. I don't know why I'm saying pro, a program like I'm 90 years old. What show you watch Money always, always equals power in some way or another. Now, on daytime soap, you might have, my original guess was like you'd have a wealthy man. You have either a wealthy man or a wealthy woman, a wealthy family, usually, that you had to marry into in order to share that wealth. But you very rarely see anyone else become as rich as said family. I never noticed that until I started watching Dynasty. And then I started thinking back on like Days of Our Lives and Young and the Restless. There was always a rich man or rich family, but they never, like there there would be doctors around, there's policemen. No one else ever even came close to that. And so the wealthiest person usually would have their hand or their thumb on everyone else. They kind of ran the town and they can manipulate things in certain ways. This isn't necessarily the case with a primetime soap opera. Now, don't get me wrong, you still have the richer than rich families. You have the Carringtons and Dynasty and Angela over on Falcon Crest, but they also have rich friends. Like there's a Cecil and then there's Melissa's dad, who's a Getty or Gretty, whatever their name is. You don't see that as much in a daytime soap opera. They don't introduce other super wealthy characters into the story to where they're like they're actually affecting the story. You also don't necessarily run the town, quote unquote, on a primetime soap opera. Now, granted, both of these, Falcon Crest and Dynasty, take place in a bigger area. It's not just some little hilltop town in Maine or wherever they're usually at. So they don't necessarily run the town, but they definitely, they definitely make everyone's life a little bit harder. It's not full on control, but it still affords you certain powers. Like on a daytime show, if you have all the money, you can, you can, buy a jet, you can get emergency facial reconstruction, hire assassins, I don't know, build a, I, you know, it gets outrageous on a daytime soap, but that's the difference. On a primetime soap opera, everyone has the same opportunity. So yeah, Blake is rich. He and Cecil own oil companies, but now Matthew and Lankersham do too, and they're quickly catching up. On Falcon Crest, you have Chase and his family who own the best part of the vineyard. So the power dynamics can shift. Yes, money is still power here, but any anything can change. Someone can lose all their wealth. Someone can gain all their wealth. So the second thing that shocked me about the shows were that they were much more progressive than I would have imagined. I, When I envisioned the early 80s and when I think about it, I actually picture people being much more conservative on television. Like they, you know, barely kiss. There's, if there's sex, it's just kind of implied. They don't show anything. That's totally different today. But I was really surprised. Like um, I read that 
Stephen was like the first openly gay character on television. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But that's what I read. And I think about on Falcon Crest, you know, there was rape. There was, we would call him a coyote today, like the guy exploiting the migrant workers. There was a little talk about immigration. They touched on a lot of things. They touched on mental health. I was just shocked. I didn't expect that. I guess I I expected everything to, um, I think Brady Bunch. I really did. I thought Brady Bunch. And then I thought as time would go by, it would get more and more outrageous. But I pictured it more like, like a 1950s cat fight scene in a movie. I was wrong. Very much so. So the third thing is something that I've mentioned more than once on this show. My perception of the 80s is so warped. And granted, the first five years of my life were in the 80s and then they were over. I don't really remember a ton of things. But the things I do remember are, I guess it's mostly through movies and just my experience with people. It just seems so much more modern than I thought. Like I I was thinking back on some of the episodes and I said to myself, if you were to add a cell phone, if these shows were premiering today, if they were both on the air today, if you added a cell phone and you added the internet, very little else, it, it wouldn't really change the story very much. There's not very much that they would have to shift around in order to make to make it make sense. I mean, it would be easier to spy on people, you know, but not much else would change. And it's, I guess I, I just had a really warped view of the eighties. So that was surprising to me. The difference that was the most shocking to me was that dynasty was actually not that dramatic per se. Yes. The storyline was good. It was, it was very intriguing each and every episode, but because of all the hype and because I know what it will become, it was nothing about it was over was outrageous. It was just good old dramatic television. The actors, I will say this about the night, the early eighties and the acting. It does still feel a bit old Hollywood, like the way they talk sometime, the way the women flip their hair, Crystal and the way you know her big eyes, Fallon and her super super dramatic hair swinging. There is something a little bit old Hollywood about it. But I mean, it was dramatic without being outrageous. I think it did. They did a really great job with it. But Falcon Crest, I had never heard of the show until maybe four episodes into Dynasty. So I didn't have huge expectations. I was just kind of reading off so, or the comments that fans of the show had written. And, you know, they, they compare it to Dynasty. They compare it to Dallas. So I thought I'd give it a try. Now, this show, I've said this more than one time, too. It just didn't feel like a soap opera. It felt like a drama. It is definitely a prelude to something else. So I don't know if it's going to be a melodrama or a dramatic action film. There was lots of explosive. The storyline was wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow every episode. But yet it still felt, even though they dealt with adult topics, for instance, Vicky dating her teacher which was incredibly inappropriate. The guy being a porn director, the immigrants being exploited, you know, people being beaten, blown up, the whole Emma storyline. Even though the the topics were adult, it still, it felt like a graduated version of an after-school special. Like everyone is still squeaky clean. Chase and Maggie are squeaky clean. Even though Angela is the, she appears to be, the antagonist, she's still super polite. She's still super ladylike. Julia never gets fussy. You know what I mean? It's just, 
It seems like they were, it, it's, as, it's as conservative as I thought it an 80s show would be. I'm only surprised by that because I had already started watching Dynasty and the subject matter of Falcon Crest is kind of similar. It's, you know, a little bit controversial, but it's done in such a polite way. So I was very, very shocked by that. Falcon Crest having a falcon was the strangest part of this whole story. Originally, when I heard the name Falcon Crest, I think I thought of that show Knight Rider. I assumed it'd be, I don't know, maybe like a school or I don't know. I didn't really have any thought, but no part of my brain said, hmm, Falcon Crest. That means there actually needs to be a falcon. But there was. And it's just like it would. <laughs> it's actually probably one of the best parts of the show. Lance is the only person who ever holds him. I think Angela pets him once or twice, but he's just so random. He's always there at random times. And it just, I I don't know. I almost wonder if it was just someone's pet that they wanted to show off a little bit, but stick with me here. When you look at Angela and you look at her tight little fro and her old school manners and her her car, she looks like a, a Gotham City villain. She has a Cruella de Vil car. She's got that that smile that's unfadable. She will read you to filth and just keep smiling in your face. And the woman has a falcon. How are you not an evil supervillain? I don't get it, but you know what? We're only on season one. Time will tell. I hope the falcon starts delivering messages or starts eating grapes or something. I, I want to see a little more. If you're going to bring him up, you're going to you know bring him out to show him off. I want to see him earn his keep. I want to see him deliver Dead Sea Scrolls to people. I want to see him sneak into buildings and steal stuff. Hopefully they incorporate him a little bit more if they're going to keep dragging him out. Every time they do, he has these little bells on his ankle. I don't know what that's for. I'm sure there's a reason, but it's incredibly strange. By far the weirdest part of Falcon Crest. All right, so those are all the things that surprised me. But here's... For the top four things that I have learned so far by watching 80 soap operas. Okay, so age before beauty. The older you are on a primetime soap opera, the better off you are. You've got all the knowledge. You're not intimidated. Angela is as cool, calm, and collected as she can possibly be. The woman calmly placed her brother in a truck and sent him over a cliff and was about to take over all of Falcon Crest before her prodigal son nephew decides he wants to show up and take over but she gives him a run for his money she's always two or three steps ahead of him and she knows how to do it in a way that benefits her she she's she's protecting her investment at this point you know she's not young and reckless she's not gonna scream in your face she's not gonna yell she's calm cool and collected so anytime julia tries to check her she she's unfaded when her ex-husband tries to tell her something, she's she's untouchable. The older you are, the better off you are. Same thing with Blake. Now, granted, he has all that power. He has people working under him who need their job and they're going to do what they need to do. But Crystal wasn't fully able to get over on him. Not fully. I mean, I might argue that a little bit. There was a lot of back and forth there, but he's wise. He's got a lot of wisdom. He knows everything that's going on until he didn't, actually. You know what? Blake's probably not the best example. We'll save him for later. 
Let's talk about Crystal and Fallon. I genuinely thought that Fallon was going to give Crystal a run for her money. I thought she was going to make her time at that mansion miserable. But Fallon is young and reckless. And as brilliant as she is, as intelligent as she is, she's just kind of wasting her talents. She knows how to seduce a man, but she does not know how to convince a man. When she thought she could get one over on Cecil and make him jealous, he Uno reversed it and made her marry his nephew and then brought a young girl in front of her. You know, like there's a, there's a power play. The younger you are on the soap opera, the less of a chance you have. Lindsay's a great example. I mean, she's not really reckless, but she's so, you know, she's crying. She's falling apart every 15 minutes. The older you are, the more steady you are. Crystal was steady. She was able to fool Blake for a little bit with her scammer jewels. You guys know how much I love that storyline, but age before beauty. Now in a nighttime soap, if you're going to do dirt, you will never ever do dirt by yourself. Everyone needs a right-hand man. Matthew's got Lancashire. Crystal had her hater friend who apologized and helped her get those scammer jewels. Angela has Chow Ling. And Blake actually has two. He's got Mike. Well, actually, his right-hand man would be Andrew. I would say Andrew. He's got Joseph. And now he's got Michael. You need this. If you're going to facilitate destroying other people's lives or protecting your own assets, you need people who are going to do dirt for you. Absolute must in a primetime soap opera. Almost as important as that is the ability to keep your mouth shut. You don't admit to anything. You don't admit that you're going broke. I don't care if the whole world sees all of your oil reserves burning to a crisp. Everyone knows your crew got ran out. What are you going to do? You don't admit anything. Yes, you're bleeding money. You don't talk about that. Or Angela, yeah, I I might have set you up for sabotage. Yeah, I poisoned your grapes. Yeah, I made sure there's mold all over it. Maybe I talked someone into doing dirt. Maybe I was going to let your ex-best friend ruin your life. Yeah, maybe. But you never admit it. This is a source of a lot of power. I would say this is even more important than money. The ability to keep your mouth shut and the ability to keep a secret will get you pretty far. Pretty far. Not as far as you'd like but pretty far. I'm thinking about Claudia right now. I mean, dang it. If Blake had just controlled himself, her poker face, she would have never told. She would have never said a word, but whatever. Keep your mouth shut. So the number one thing I've learned so far from watching both of these shows is that everyone is actually someone else's villain. There's not a clear antagonist. There's not a clear protagonist. Everyone has their reasons. And If I do say so myself, that makes the best villain. The best villains are the people who think they're doing something for good. You know, the Thanos or even the Joker. They believe they're doing something noble and that there just has to be casualties on the way. We'll start with Dynasty because Falcon Crest is a little bit less obvious. Blake Carrington seems to be the obvious villain. At least I thought he would be. However, you know, he shows tender sides. He has a few good moments. He, Blake is actually just a man who is spiraling. It's like Cecil said, he's he's not on top anymore. He doesn't know how to handle it. Is Cecil the villain? Is he the pup? Is he pulling the strings from behind the scene? I kind of feel like he is. I kind of feel like he is. He, he didn't really have anything to lose, but I do think that he is wise enough to 
to anticipate threats. And if he has the opportunity to take Blake out, then he will. I mean, is he? It's one of those. I could go down the list. I think Crystal. Yes, she loves her husband, but she definitely made out with Matthew while she was married. She definitely had an affair with Matthew knowing he was married or even Matthew. Matthew worked hard to provide for Lindsay and Claudia, especially when Claudia was in the, she was in the psychiatric ward. She is not crazy. She had a breakdown. Could happen to anyone. He kept a roof over her head, but he also was with another lady. And then he's still in love with that lady and he holds that again. You know what I mean? He's not a hero. He might be a nice guy. Yes, he stepped in to help Stephen, but he's not. He's either or. He's a villain to Stephen or he's a villain to Blake. And Crystal, Crystal is a villain to Fallon. And she's a villain to Claudia. And Claudia was a villain to Ted. You know what I mean? And she's a villain to Lindsay. So there's not a clear protagonist. There's not a clear antagonist. And I love that because it gives you the opportunity to enjoy each character on their own. Now, with the exception of like Jeff, who really hadn't done much to anybody but tell anyone off, there's a lot of room for him to change and grow too. So I love that I don't know who's going to be the villain in this. I mean, I, I assume it's Blake, but... We know that ladies are coming down the pipeline. We know it's going to get juicier and juicier. This was the first season. They needed to come out with a bang. And I think they did a great job. I really fully enjoyed it. Now on Falcon Crest, Angela clearly is the is the villain. But you got to look at it from her angle too. She's been She's been on this land her entire life. She's been working diligently. She's trained one of her kids to help her out. Um, Falcon Crest is finally doing really well. They have award-winning wine and her nephew comes out of the woodwork and she has to surrender 50, you know, uh, 50 acres. So to her, absolutely. He's the villain. He doesn't care about this place. I care about this place. Look at all the good I've done at this place. I'm raising my grandson. Look how I take care of my daughter, but ultimately look at her. You know, she's tranquilizing one of her kids. She. <laughs> covered up a, a, an accidental death. You know, she's 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 not an outright villain, but she's definitely a villain to Chase's family and to her, they're the villains. So I enjoy that about these shows. In all honesty, it has been easier to watch these shows than I thought. Of course, you can't go on the internet and look up very much. There's very little. I mean, you can do a little but I just had to be very careful with my words. I am so glad that I decided to embark on this journey because so far is really good. Predictions. Uh, okay, so I know that, what is her? Okay, I know I know her name last week. I don't remember now. Joan or Jackie definitely joins season two on Dynasty because on Amazon, you know, they changed the thumbnail so I can, she's clearly in the picture. So I'm looking forward to seeing who she is, what she is in this storyline and where she's been, because apparently she walked out 16 years ago. So that's really interesting to me. I guess I didn't really think about her very much. I never thought about his first wife. I just assumed first I thought she died, but they don't talk about her. There's no pictures or anything. So I I just kind of forgot about her. So I know Dynasty is going to take care of itself. I'm just excited. I'm not really curious. I'm more excited. I do wonder, I'm assuming Blake doesn't go to jail because he's in all the seasons, but we'll just have to see. He's a rich man. Maybe he buys his way out of it. 
As far as Falcon Crest, I really do wonder if if they're going to change the format a little bit. Like I love that it's it's there's a lot of action. It was really slow to start, but they really found their stride. Really good stories. I, I do wonder if they're going to lose the goody two shoes bit with Chase and Maggie. I don't expect them to go out and be scandalous, but they seem so innocent. Like it took them forever to realize that Angela was sabotaging them at every turn. I want to see what's going to happen so far on that show. I would say Lance is probably the most unpredictable. Also didn't think he was that great of an actor until later on. He gets really, he he finds a stride about uh, episode 11 or so. So I'm curious to see how that turns out. Both of those are good, but guys, you know, you can't have one without the other. These shows came out in 1981. I have to go back to the original or, or from what I can tell, the OG is Dallas. I have to watch Dallas and then compare. I don't know if I'm going to watch three seasons in a row just to kind of catch up so I can get a feel for where, where all the shows were at the same time. Meaning, you know, Dallas came out late seventies, like 79 or something. I'm not sure, but I'm definitely going to watch that one. We, we know JR gets shot. I know that, uh, I don't, I'm kind of embarrassed that I probably know more about that show than I realize, but uh, nothing really comes to mind at the moment. So the next show we'll do will be the award ceremony. Yes, I did not spend all season counting fist fights and slaps just to not have a countdown. I'm obviously going to have a countdown slash award show. So I will see you guys soon. As usual, make sure all your drama is on TV. Y'all have a good one.